guys. Beer. Sports. Join Sean and Brad as they talk about sports and share a beer. From the east coast of Canada to the west coast of the United States. Over to you, boys. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, Sean and Brad are here today talking about all things guys, beers, and sports. Got a lot of things to cover today. A lot of Game 7s to get to. A couple Game 7s uh, coming up. Right now, Sean's really excited. His Raptors <laughs> made a big move, which we'll talk about that. We we actually haven't talked about. We have not. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to have a real conversation in a minute about that. Um, and so all those things. First things first, hey. uh, beer time. Yeah. So today, for me, uh, probably my all-time favorite, Irish Death. Iron Horse Brewery, Ellenberg, Washington. Uh, check it out. It's uh, it's the business. Yeah, yeah. What does it taste like? Magical unicorns. Body. The dark ale, right? It's smooth. It's it's. You can't really comprehend and like get to it. Like it's a little bit. Uh, it's got some Guinness flint, like hints to it, but some yeah. real just like nice smooth pale. Also, it's a weird. I don't want to say weird, but it's like it's a brilliant collaboration between. So them. it's like it's like a blanket coming over and hugging you, and then all of a sudden it's just constructing you for it's a second. Like a weighted blanket nap. Oh, buddy! No, I like on. that. Oh, it's like you know what I mean. It's like it's a nap, but it's like a next level nap. Like it's like it's securing nap. you. <laughs> yeah, you so, know, like as big guys, right? We don't like. And one of the reasons why I like hugging you and hugging <laughs> other big people is because it feels like I'm actually hugging somebody. As opposed to like enveloping somebody, so I imagine that you know this beer is probably like other people feel like when I hug them, this enveloping them in kindness, you know. And so, anyway. So what I got here is uh, from Garrison from eleven forty nine Marginal Street in Halifax, Nova Scotia. The Garrison Tall Ship. It's an East Coast ale, so I had to I had to get it a Tall Ship Navy. I'm like, all right. And uh, it's it's a little hoppy, but it's pretty darn good. And uh, this is this is exactly what I think the East Coast tastes like. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll take I'll just leave that alone for now. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to jump in real quick. So uh, your friend Corey was gracious enough to jump in for me this week, and I had some things going on. Uh, kind of last minute came up. Yeah. And so Corey came on, talked a little bit about like the state of the world, right, and kind of. I love his take on, and you know, you guys will get to hear it soon. Uh, it'll either release with this or in a, you know adjacent to this episode. And so, I really appreciate his insights. So, Corey, you're a friend of us. Please come back soon. Like, let's all talk. Love to hear. Like, love to conversate. I, there's some things I love to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that was interesting to me is when you guys were talking about uh, meeting people, you know, in in public, and how just weird it is to see that. And for me. Uh, what sparked it was I remember maybe 2007 or so 2006 I was in the airport uh, my oldest daughter Delaney's birthday uh, happens to be February 17th so I usually travel a lot around Valentine's Day you know, I'm always going she lives in Kansas I live in Washington so I'm always I make that trip and uh, I remember being in the airport super early on a Saturday on a I don't know what day it was Thursday probably um, on like the That's- 15th Thursday, yeah. Thursday's an odd day to travel, eh? Well, I mean, when you got to get there, you got to get there. That's just the word, right? Okay. And so I'm standing in security line, and uh, I've got this belt buckle because that was a style in 2007. It's the West Coast Choppers belt buckle, and I throw that on the thing, and I'm going through, and, like, I felt this presence behind me. Like, that's all I can, like, it was 
weird. You know, being a big guy, you don't feel presence often. You know what I mean? So it was kind of a little bit unnerving. So I spin around and all I, I look at, I'm looking dead in this dude's chin. You know, <laughs> that's how big he is. Excuse me. And I see this Sarah tattoo on his neck. And I'm like, oh, oh. this is the Undertaker. I'm like, oh my God. He was, he's like, what's up, brother? And I'm like, I'm like, hey, man, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of yours. He's like, I oh, appreciate that. He goes, love the belt buckle, you know, because at that point, like, you know, he was like prime Undertaker at this point, you know, right in the Jesse James chopper. And, you know, is this like, like is this like uh, the big dog, you know, a big red, yes. uh, you know, when he's coming yes. down with a big chopper? And, yes, that one. Yeah, that big West Coast. And chopper, that like, Kid Rock, that, that Kid Rock song there he was yes. coming in with? Okay, yes. yeah, yeah. This is that era, right? Yeah. We're talking about big dog, prime Undertaker <laughs> world. You know, this is like the Steve Austin uh, rock Undertaker collaboration, right? And, you know, right. Triple H, all those guys, all that stuff, right? And so... We like this story of a conversation. I'm like, what are you doing, man? And he's like, oh, he's like, you know, me and Sarah live here. Uh, I was home for Valentine's Day. I got to get into Dallas for WrestleMania this weekend, you know, on a flight, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's cool. So then we like start chopping up and we like start walking together just like organically. And so I'm walking through the Undertaker with the airport with the Undertaker. This is like 2007. Like, no one has cell phones at this point with cameras, right? We're good cameras. Right. Right. And which is unfortunate because I really wish I had a picture. But, like, I'm just rolling through the airport with Undertaker, and it turns out his gate is, like, next to mine. So we walk the entire way to the gates. And I can hear people as I walk by, like, that's the Undertaker. That's, like, you know, and I'm, like, like I'm strutting because I'm walking with Undertaker. Like, you're going to yeah, strut with the Undertaker. Yeah. And then we, like, get – we just talk about whatever. And uh, we get to the gate, and he's, like, all right, brother, have a safe flight. And, like, gave me a pound. And, like, we just rolled out. And everyone's, like – I remember sitting down. This dude was, like, do you know the Undertaker? And I was, like, yeah. Exactly, I did. I mean, but that's I don't know. Yeah, exactly. You're not lying. <laughs> no, and it's like for me, it's like that was always like how I just acted. Like I act that way now in public. Like I treat, I try to see people. You know, if I see people that I know, you know, I don't know them, but I know them from entertainment or whatever. Yeah, uh, I just try to treat them like a normal person. I remember being at a Mariners game around the same time frame, and uh, we're sitting, you know, in a section, and they, they show Bob Hill, who was the coach of the Sonics. Right. And uh, they show Bob Hill a couple rows down in front of us. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I, mean, I like Bob. You know, I was a good coach. So a couple things later, he gets up. He's going to head up to concession stand or something. Now he's coming up and having eye contact. And I go, hey, Bob, what's up, man? How you doing? And he, like, leans in and, like, bro hugs me. And he's like, oh, man, good to see you. Like, you know, blah, blah, and, Like, rolls back up a thing. And I was with my sister. And she was like, do you know Bob Hill? I was like, no, I never I seen him on TV. She's like, what was that? I was like, and so I, and for me, it's always been like, you just treat those people like they're people, you know? Yeah. And I think that they generally reciprocate like the good energy. I think it's what you give people, right? You give people good energy and they well, give that's it back. It. To you. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't want to act like some fanboy, right? Although Man, it's tough. Well, it's tough though. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, well, there's certain people I think I would to probably just stop, stop talking and just, Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, hey man, uh, big fan of yours. Turn into Chris Fowler a little bit, you know. Oh you man, you did that thing. <laughs> you remember when you did that thing? That's right. So I, I, I have a similar story. Um, so Russell Peters, international superstar, uh, famous comedian, grew up in Brampton, Ontario. That's where I'm from originally. Is Brampton, Ontario. Uh, I was never friends with Russell Peters. Like, I didn't know him, like, as, like, I would call him my friend. But uh, we were acquaintances, you know. Like, uh, we knew each other at parties, 
things like that. Yeah. Anyways, uh, this is, has to be around 1996, so he's he's already making a name for himself in the comedy world in Canada, already doing yuck yucks. He's been on a few talk shows, been on a few specials. So, you know, he, he's, he's doing his thing. And uh, everybody's proud of him. You know, it's like, all right, Russell Peters, um, rep, repping Brampton. All of a sudden, I'm uh, I'm doing this uh, contest. It's a radio contest there, CFNY at the time, out in Brampton, Ontario. They're playing the dating game. And uh, I, managed, I managed to somehow answer the right questions, you know, and sound good. And then uh, I got selected. So I was like, yeah. Wait, hold on. To be on a dating game? Yeah, it was on a dating game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so I get selected, right? So I, you know, just pulled the wool over her eyes. It was all good. Anyways, so the, the date was at this this one bar that was in Mississauga, but they're doing Yuck Yuck's Night. And guess who the star attraction is? None other than Russell Peters, right? So Russell, like I said, he's in there. He's doing his thing. But he has, like, I'm in the front. With this date, there's another couple that, like, there was two of us that were on this dating game, so we're both at there. Like a double date dating game? A, very, very strange, yes. So Man, The 90s were wild, right? I'm yeah. telling you. <laughs> so here we are. Russell's up there, right? And this is how intimate this is. This isn't a stage or anything. He's standing on the floor. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> do what he's yeah. saying okay and then he just makes eye contact with me he goes hey man i know you <laughs> yeah yeah and he goes yeah. do you ever notice like how east you know when east indians are seeing each other that there's a, like a billion of us and somehow we're just still focused on each other it doesn't matter who's around us it's like oh <laughs> there's another one of me you know but i mean you know he's doing his muscle feeders <laughs> thing but then he's just pinging on me all night, all night, just bang, 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 bang. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. Yeah, regardless of say, the date didn't go so well. Yeah, uh, good thing at the end, because I still met my wonderful, beautiful wife, who I'm very much in love with. So all things happen for a reason, Brad. Yeah, all things happen for I a agree. reason. Yeah. <laughs> That's my brush <laughs> with Russell Peters. <laughs> oh, Sean. Of all the uh, things you've done. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's just anyway drink that down there. Yeah. Yeah. Let that settle for a second. <laughs> so anyway, um, a couple of things that we've seen is uh, game sevens, right? And I think I don't, I want to say that it's a product of the bubble. I don't know that. It just feels that way. Right. And all these upsets that we're seeing, we're seeing Miami Heat go up 3 0 on the Bucks, which I'd like to hear your thoughts if you think it's a sweep or not. Uh, the game we'll sevens in hockey, right? And that's the wild thing for me with the hockey thing is that game six happens and then game seven happens almost immediately. Well, I think that they're just trying to expediate everything, yes. right? So, yes. like, like yeah, I thought Vancouver and uh, Golden Knights, they went back to back for a game seven. I was just yeah. like, man, you could have given them the sun. felt like I it think. was rough, right? Like I felt like that was a rough uh, turn of events for both teams. I mean, it yeah. worked out for the Golden Knights, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, but what Vancouver was able to do with that backup goalkeeper and, uh, and make that run. like Thatcher that was, Demko. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's, man. 
That's he's got phones, right? I'm telling you, and 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 all I could think about is here's this kid from California doing this crazy stuff, and meanwhile, you see, uh, I forget the other goaltender there on uh, on Vancouver though, um, Markstrom, and yeah, and he, yeah. you just see you just see his stock just going down as yeah. his kid is just. You know what was interesting about that though is that there was no one more excited for him than the than the number one. Oh, and I always love that moment in sports, right? Where like you you can't go for whatever reason, and your your backup guy you know answers the bell, next man up, and comes out and is just playing lights out, and you're you see excite like genuine excitement for that guy. Yeah, I think that's beautiful, right? That's a character thing for. For Markstrom, right, and like I think that sets the goal, the tone for Vancouver moving forward. Be interesting to see what they do in that room, right, with the goalies. But yeah, um, you know, I think from a standpoint of like learning through the playoffs, because some teams don't, right? In any sport, you go to the playoffs. If you have a bad experience, you lose a series. You don't necessarily come out of it better to build on for the next year, right? Right. For Vancouver, this was definitely a building moment. It's a uh, huge building moment. Yeah, I think, and so. And- and what people don't realize is that Vegas last year went out in seven games, right? Yeah. So there was a big Well, you could just tell worry. that they had been there before, right? Yeah. Like game seven wasn't as competitive as four and five and six had been. Well, all, all the scoring happened in the third period. So, I mean, like, yeah. they, you know, they were out shooting Vancouver huge. Um, That's what I mean. It just wasn't as yeah. – it wasn't as even, right? Four, five, and six, you saw a more yeah. competitive fire and, and more of a balance where I think that the moment was big. For Vancouver, mm-hmm. no, it was huge. I mean, and and, and 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 you know, we knew that Vegas had been there. You could just tell, right? It's just this, it's the same yeah. thing that we talk about with the Raptors right now, right? Like they've been in this moment before, so like the, the, you don't see them the pressure for them. Oh man, um, as well, much like like to me, all I kept on thinking about throughout these these teams bringing it to Game Seven. So you saw Boston pretty much like they were they were done against Tampa Bay and uh, Tampa Bay right now is probably the only team that is so happy that everything went to game seven, because that gives time for Stamkos to heal up and come back. It gives times for Kucherov to heal up and come back. Cause if they didn't have Kucherov or Stamkos, I think Tampa Bay's season might be in jeopardy as far as going up against either the Flyers or the Islanders. Um, what a wild series that's been, right? Buddy, I, I'm there. So, like I said, right now I have a running thing going with these two Americans, okay? And I told them that basically, yeah, Philadelphia is a, is a, is a wash. They're gone. The Islanders got a great system. And twice the Islanders are playing this crazy game of Philadelphia goes up two or three goals, and then they come back and tie it or go ahead, then they let them tie it, and then it goes to two overtimes, and then Philly comes back in and wins it. So every game that Philadelphia has won has been in overtime in this series. So I'm looking at this, and I'm just there going, what in the world is New York doing? And you could tell that the goaltender over there, Vlarmov, was just shaky because the Islanders were out shooting Philadelphia – and 17 shots, you let in four goals. Yeah, you're not you're not in your game. No, he's so, got the yips. I, he has the yips, right? I mean, yeah. I think that's just, you know, he's got to get that figured out. Um, and, and then Colorado-Dallas. I mean, so here's the thing, right? We were talking about Denver. Denver came back, right, from Utah. Yeah. They were down 3-1, comes back, and then wins it, right? <laughs> like, wins Listen, four I, games in a row. Man, almost didn't, though. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. It was you, so make close. A, you make a terrible decision in trying to shoot a layup mm. with a couple of seconds left when you should just pull that ball out and get fouled. Like that's basketball strategy one on one. I get mm. if you make it, you go up four, right? But like you man, you just can't take the, you gotta take the foul, you've got to shoot free throws. Yeah. 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 I don't know that I've ever seen a shot. I watch a lot of basketball, right? Like it's, that's my favorite. I, I love the NFL. Like but basket I watch basketball at any level. I just love the game. And I don't know that I've ever seen a ball go so far down the cylinder and pop back out. It's <laughs> Mike Conley's ball that went. That was unbelievably deep. Unbelievably deep to be in that hole. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, uh, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. You know, it's interesting to me. I'm a bit of a, you know, I'm a uh, a bit of a Trailblazer fan fan now, just because you know it's proximity, and I just yeah. enjoy them, and a lot of things go into that, you know. But like, I find myself actually being able to be a fan fan because you know it's, my team's gone, right? And right. So, so there's no there's uh, no stake. It's not like I yeah. So I, yeah. I get attached to in game to teams. I'll watch I'll watch a game not caring about who I think is going to win. Mm-hmm. Until like the last two minutes, and then I, I definitely pick a team that I'm rooting for. So right, I'm definitely, right. definitely pulling for Denver. I could tell just as my blood pressure would go up as they were, you know, making those decisions. But uh, you know, and then, but you can see the effects of it in Game One against the, the Clippers, right? You can see the effects yeah. of that series. So it'd be interesting to see how they shake back around. Well, the thing is that I had to apologize because I thought that Denver had no talent, right? Yeah. And uh, here they 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 came back and they win that. But then Game One happens, then in the uh, conference finals and Kawhi and Paul George let Denver know where they are right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they, wow. They, they, I mean, wow. Well, you saw, you saw Trez, right? I mean, he, he was going to back up that six man award. He was just sticking that thing in the hole and every, you know, just God, I love watching that guy play. Um, that's, that's a, my, probably my favorite series right now is, you know, a big fan of the Clippers. I love doc rivers. I think that that roster of the Clippers is unique you know, a big fan of what they're doing in Denver. And so that, that series to me is a lot of fun. Uh, fascinated last night to watch the Houston Rockets come wow. out and just kind of give it to the Lakers. Like give it to um, the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's even a, the score was a bit much as it was, and it still didn't feel like it was even that close. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it'd be interesting to see if LA can adapt. It's, I mean, LA is going to win a game, you know, or at least they're going to win a couple games. Right. But um Man, Houston really is turning it on at the right well, time. They so. set they set a tone, right? And so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next game. Now we were talking about the Heat, yeah, and the Bucks, yeah. And I'm sorry, I think you still wanted to talk something about Houston, did you? Houston Lakers. Well, I just it'd be interesting to see how uh, the Lakers adapt because I think that you've seen in their um, in both their careers, AD and LeBron both don't respond as well to getting punched in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes them to rebound from this. You know, it might be, you know, I think, uh, you know, Portland snuck game one and then got pounded the rest of the series. I don't think that, you know, the talent level between Houston and Portland is different. Right. You know, well, I mean, yeah, you have right. Westbrook, Westbrook, you yeah. have uh, and James like, Harden. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a dangerous team. didn't play well, right? Um, yeah. In, in some parts of the Oklahoma series. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they come together and get it. So let's move on Miami and Milwaukee. Right. Right. So Miami and Milwaukee blew my mind. Um, if you were going to tell me that Jimmy Butler 
was going to go out there and dominate this series, you're going to tell me that Miami is going to go out there and put a hurting on Giannis and the boys, Chris Middleton. Yeah. Like, uh, I, w- I would have said you're crazy, but they're right now on the verge of sweeping the Bucks. Yeah, we're going to see what the Bucks are made of, right? Oh my gosh. Um, I really thought that the Bucks were going to come and answer the bell in game three. And they did. They were they were they were putting up they were up actually at the half and they yep. were up for most of the game and then they weren't. <laughs> they weren't. Correct. And I, I I'm still there picking my jaw up off the floor because I, I just cannot believe what I'm witnessing with this Bucks team. Uh or is it the Heat team? Like, are we taking away from the Bucks, or is it the Heat? No, like, you know the what? Thing, the Heat right? team, you you know what? Good point, because the Heat team is showing up there, and they're playing great team basketball right uh, now. Do you, know, do you know the rumor uh, who Jimmy Butler's dad is? No. Uh, you'll have to go look at it uh-huh. and see it side by side when I tell you this. And just, right. just go research it afterwards, and we can talk about it more next time. Okay. The rumor is... Is that Jimmy Butler's dad is Michael Jordan? Oh come! On. Listen, I listen. I promise you that when I heard that in the barbershop, shop, okay, Lampton was like, "Hey, this is," and I was like, "Nope." Stops my haircut. We pull it up on the phone. You look at it side by side of Jimmy Butler. It's all over the internet. If you just Google is, is Michael Jordan Jimmy Butler's dad, you find all the articles. Why does it sound like Illuminati stuff? I don't I understand. Listen, <laughs> all the way through, it's been like you just watch the whole progression of it. This is like the best kept secret ever. What are you talking about? I know. It's like I'm just listen. Re- this, go read about. I'm not saying it's true. That is the rumor always was that Jimmy's. Mom had had him with a professional athlete in Chicago and blah, blah, blah. But like, and I, I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever, right? But when you look at them side by side, and there's a picture on the internet where someone has taken their faces, you know, and they did like yeah. the half face thing. Yeah. Man, you like, you can, man, I don't, I don't know that it's true. <laughs> are you, are you going to say it's 100% certifiable no. here right now? No, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I drink the Kool-Aid though now. Because <laughs> I see it, I'm like, man, they've got to at least be related. Like oh, he is, he is, he has been they look like a South. lot alike. When you put them side by side, it's a lot alike. And you, you kind of like are you talking about their basketball yeah, game now? Or are you talking about their both, their well, facial both. features? Because both. Like, they okay. look a lot alike. But then you look at this killer that he has in him right now, and it's like, man, I man. Oh, oh. I don't know. Maybe 70, 76ers are still kicking themselves right now. They're still Yeah, we talked about this before. They made the wrong yeah, choice, absolutely. right? They hooked to the Embiid wagon, they shouldn't have. Absolutely. 76ers it should have been the it should have been the Ben Simmons and Jimmy Bucket show. Hey. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you know what I mean? Because here's here's the thing is that you could still sign somebody, you could still trade for somebody. Look at look at the Raptors with Marcus All. Yeah. And we had Jonas Valančiūnas. Great. I mean, to me he's a great center. He's a great yeah. player. But yeah. Marcus Gasol, as old as he is, was definitely that guy that's going to be the catalyst as far as just passing the ball, feeding the ball. Yeah. He's just um, so talented. He is, and he does so many different things. Let me tell you something about that Raptors game, okay? I was incensed at the last, the last little bit, okay? Because here I am watching this game very intensely, and yeah. 
I'm just seeing these guys just trying to shoot the three ball. And there was a moment there where it was like two minutes or something like that. We weren't scoring. It was like 95, 95. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't scored, you know, because <laughs> they come up. You could see another play being developed, but no, no, no. Go for the perimeter shot. Go for the perimeter shot. And it's like these guys just weren't feeling that perimeter shot right there at that moment. And I'm just like, come on, man. Just build that lead. Build that lead, man. It doesn't matter about a three ball. You don't have to put this thing away right now. Just build the lead. And then, of course, out comes Boston doing their Boston thing and coming back and, and, and just killing us. And then Campbell Walker with the last few seconds of that game, that was I, – I was incensed because I saw Gasol, I saw Lowry, I saw them collapsing on Walker, and he makes the dish that I've – like a beautiful dish, just a beautiful bounce pass over to uh, Tice. And Tice went right up. Yep. Boom! Hits it, and I'm there going 0.5 seconds. You've got to be kidding me! So yeah, I was. It incensed. felt like the ball game, right? I didn't. That was it. That'd be it. Didn't get to watch it live, but I felt I saw the replay of it, and I thought, "Oh, that's the ball game." Oh, and then and then because these coaches are at this high level, right? Yeah. He puts in. Uh, I, what's what's the coach's name, anyways? There in Boston, I keep forgetting his name. Uh, Brad Stevens. Yeah, Stevens. He puts in seven foot five Taco Fowl. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's a giant. To block Lowry, they, Lowry <laughs> threw that pass over the, like a monster. I thought Lowry should have just taken the shot. I don't know. It was crazy. He shoots yeah. it. It goes rainbow perfectly right into OG's hand. And and here's what I love though is that nobody was guarding OG because OG hadn't hit a shot. That's exactly. He hadn't it. even taken a shot. So why would you? And here he is with a shot that he needs some. He makes it, and, and you see half a, it, the catch and shoot basketball in half a second is so incredibly stupid. Oh, like, it's dumb to like even fathom how quickly that has to happen. And, and, and he and, got it off. Like all those things happen, right? Yeah, like, like everything happened, and it was like everything against man. them, and still, I don't know how because Kyle Lowry put up thirty-one points that game. I mean, he played a game. Eight assists. He was out there. He was playing a game, and I was just like, "Wow!" Like, because we were talking about Pascal Siakam hasn't really showed up yet. Yeah. You know, like there's a few guys that haven't really showed up yet. But Lowry, that bulldog mentality, just going in there and he's going to get his points. You know, uh, uh, right now, if you don't say he's one of the top point guards in in the league right now, I think I think you're. I don't know. Like maybe you're drinking something. You're seeing something I'm not seeing. Because, yeah, because <laughs> that, that, that was great. And, yeah, and uh, OG, OG's walking off like he just makes this shot every time. Yeah. Listen, OG was OG. Like, he was just like, <laughs> bucket. No celebration, stone face, just no. cold-blooded. Like he's done it before. You know and, what I mean? Man, it, reminded me, uh, it reminded me of when uh, Damian Lillard hit that three over Paul George to send that series home. Last year in the playoffs, yep. And like, listen, it's my favorite gift to send to everybody whenever like something goes on. It's his name, stone face, just looking at the camera, like, yeah, like I did. And that's the same way OG was. He was just like, yeah, like everyone's mobbing him and doing his thing, and he's just like, Ring. like on to the next one. Let's get man, it, man. Yeah, fascinating to watch him tonight, right? To see what the rebounds, see if they even the series up, see how it goes. Because, yeah. you know, like we talked earlier, this was the, we felt like this was the premier series that was left. Yes. Right. This was the battle. This was the matchup of the matchups was this yeah. one. 
and uh, it's, it's living up. We to swung you. and missed horribly on the Miami Milwaukee series, <laughs> but well, I don't think anybody could have predicted that. We hit it. We hit it correctly. That wasn't going to be competitive. Yeah, we just, we just had the wrong team LeBron, not being competitive. <laughs> not a big deal. It happens. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, I think the LA, the two LA teams, I, th- I still think that I mean, it's a coin flip, right? That one of them is going to come out of the out of the West. Um, but man, I I don't know how you don't look at Miami right now and think, man, if they stay this hot, I don't know what I don't be, know what anybody has for them. They could be they could be sitting there and waiting a little bit. You know what I mean? In the next game, just like we dangerous, take it, right? Because Eric's Eric Spolstra too is interesting to me because I think that he doesn't get the credit he deserves because people feel like he had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch, you know, and LeBron, right? Yeah. Yeah. And really, man, that dude is a coach. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like there's some of the way that he approached this thing that's Pat Riley-ish, right? Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I think that Spolster's doing a job uh, with those boys. So, yeah. yeah. Man, I'm here for all of it. We're way around the corner now of NFL season. I, I, yeah. uh, I, I want to start talking about it. I've been talking a little bit there because I know a couple of boys from Chicago. I don't even know how that's yeah. going to work out. But Will Mitchy? With Will having having those guys having a quarterback competition. Well, they said, I mean, they said last night that it's Mitchell. Um, really, they're going to go with Mitchell Trubisky, eh? Yeah, they wow. said. It, yeah, Matt Nagy came out and said it was difficult, and that Nick Foles did a lot of things, and but they said that's the jump they saw in Mitchell, uh, or Mitchie, as we like to call him, yeah. uh, was enough that they felt like he deserved the starting job, so they went that way. Uh, let's let's talk quickly about the all, the Overeem fight because I know we're both big fans of Overeem, oh. and then I want to dive into NFL real quick because I don't want to forget to talk about you know. Uh, what Uncle Dana's been doing for all of us and giving us these great fights. But Overeem tonight, is it going to be the monster Overeem that we've seen, you know, or is it going to be the overmatched, not prepared Overeem? Which one do you think we see tonight? Well, Saki has not. I think he's won his last six fights, and uh, mm-hmm. Overeem has won three of the last four. So to me, this is a legit, like, you know, you're starting to get in the back into contendership, you know, for, for these two guys. Uh it's hard for me to say because Overeem, every time he comes in, looks like a beast. He always looks like he's trained hard. He always looks like, but it's just like I, I just don't know. It's hard I just, to know until you see him. Yeah, uh, pop up right. It's 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 one of those freakish things. I'll I'll never forget. Like man, when we saw him take out Brock Lesnar way yeah. back, you and I were watching that. I remember that, oh, yeah. and that yeah. knee, that knee to his chest. Like that was the first time I think I saw Brock going. No, I don't want to be here. Like. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I mean, even like I just pulled it up just now to look at it. Like you just look at the 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 marketing shots between uh, Overeem and Augusto, and like they don't even look like they're in the same weight class. Like man, this Overeem is these giant traps, and this is grown ass man. Then you got this other guy. Just like it'll be, you know, I, you can't overlook him, right? No, no. Um, but but you got guys yeah. like Stipe, who's like what two. 20 to 30 sometimes when he comes in to fight, but usually yeah. he likes to come down a little slimmer and he's yeah. knocked out these guys. You know what I mean? He's knocked out monsters, legitimate monsters. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. to me, it's, it's interesting, you know, like Cain Velasquez knocked out Brock Lesnar. Um, it's interesting because Overeem, if he comes out and he's, he's, he's snapping it, and his kicks yeah. looking good and his knees are looking good. 
I say Saki's in yeah, for a long time. The kick, it's the kick game for Overeem, right? Like that's, that's exactly how he set up. If those kicks are popping off, you just hit it right in the head. If those kicks are popping off, man. KO's long night. It's away. Exactly. Long night for Saki because I was just yeah. like, how are you going to put up maybe, that? Maybe a quick night. He might not remember it. But well, yeah. <laughs> having said that, having said that, because you're aware we're talking Lesnar, we're talking yeah. uh, Overeem. Did you hear that rumor? Yeah. Dude. Yeah, I heard the rumor. So it's a rumor. It's a rumor. Yeah. Like, I understand this. This is a rumor. But WWE has not signed back Brock Lesnar. So his merchandising is gone from the WWE webpage, everything like that, right? And I know right now AEW is actively trying to sign him because why wouldn't you? This is the beast incarnate. Uh, Uncle Dana, smelling the opportunity, offering uh, $25 million for one fight. This is a UFC fight. $25 million for one fight. Brock Lesnar, John Jones. Oh my goodness! I would pay money. I would pay money to see that's that. Why it's, that's why it's twenty-five M's, man. <laughs> Everyone would pay money for it. You I throw John Jones him. into the deep end. That's the deep end, man. Oh, I'd rather see John and Francis or John and Derek Lewis. Oh, but, yeah, uh, I I hear you. I hear you. I'd rather see any of those three fights. I'll still pay to watch it. You know why? Because I love a good fight. Yeah, exactly. It. Right? We love good fights. And I'm not trying to take away anything from Francis or Derek, but Brock is that special athlete that is freaky, fast, super strong, but he doesn't doesn't like to get hit. He doesn't like to get hit. It's interesting to me because him and Overeem seem to have the same cloth, the cloth, right, of if they're motivated, Mm. elite. Yes. You have to question that motor. With John, you don't ever question that motor, right? Like, No. You know John's coming in ready to go. Uh man, yeah, I pay for it. But John's just bulking up, right? So what? What's the most that John's going to come in at? I mean, I he fights at two hundred five. I think he comes in that steep way. I think he comes in at two thirty. That two two twenty two thirty, right? He doesn't need it. He don't need the weight. He doesn't need the weight. Yeah. He has the power. Yeah. Right. He doesn't need the weight for the power. Yeah. He needs to be agile and quick. You know, I think he rolls around at that two twenty right number and just man. Oh, I pay money. Lesnar will tip in at the max, right? And then he'll really be 285 day of, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 260 while he's weighing in, he comes in at the additional 25. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, man, I, I don't <laughs> care. I, I think you give John, you give him 60 pounds on John, I still think that's not something. Because I think, you know, if Brock can get his hands on him and get him on the ground, then, you know, John would have some concerns. Anyone is going to have concerns, but getting to the ground, you know, Brock's going to have some concerns also. And so, man, I pay to see it because you know the one thing about John is it's a bit of the same beef that I have with Anderson Silva is that it's slow starting because they're like trying to like gauge, and I get the strategy just as entertainment value. Right. The slow first couple rounds is always just like, come on, come on just in this guy. Like, let's listen, just- I. I, I hear what you're saying. You know, you know what I can't stand though is like um, the fans. The fans dictate sometimes how the fight yeah. happens. You know, so I've been really happy that there has been no fans there because if it goes down to the ground, there's a great ground match going on. 
let it let it happen because there's yeah. things that are happening down there that people don't understand. But the thing is, the fans are like boo, and then the yeah. ref just stands yeah, yeah, them yeah. up, right? Yeah, I just mean like this: the weighing out, like trying to figure out the reach, all those the strategic things that Silva and Jones like to do that just take a couple minutes to get going. I think that Brock presses that for John, and so mm-hmm. we'll see John. You know, well, it's because Brock wants to come out, and I like the yeah. aggressive John, right? Yeah. Aggressive, like beat your ass, John is my favorite fighter. Yeah. Yeah. I love John Jones anyway, right? But beat your ass, John. That's the best version of John and, Jones. I think and, he I think Brock Lesnar brings that to him because Brock's not going to stand there and let him no weigh yeah. him out, right? Brock's bringing it to him. That's that's exactly it. And the other thing too is like like the only fighter I really think that's brought that out of John Jones was Daniel Cormier. Yes, they 100%. hated each other. One hundred percent. And that's what that's why we know John has that gear. Yeah. Yeah. Right, the difference between John Jones and Anderson Silva is that Anderson fights that way naturally. John <laughs> fights that way because it's a strategy, right? <laughs> but when John wants to beat your ass, John's gonna beat your ass. I just have to bring this up because I'll never forget you saying this. Was uh, Forrest Griffin was your favorite fighter, and yeah, Anderson Silva? But dude, <laughs> you gotta say it because I I won't do it any justice. He was until Anderson whipped his ass so bad he made him leave the cage. Like, you can't defend you can't defend somebody that way. Like you got your ass whipped so bad that you had to walk off and not even stand there for the hair rate. Like I can't. Like, that was ridiculous. Like, like he took a soul. He took his soul away right he there. Stole it from him. And like, I still think that. Like, I watched that uh that Toyo Tire uh commercial. And I don't wow. even think Forrest knows he's even in the commercial because he's just so happy that lady picks him. You can just tell it's like joy in his life that somebody picked him again because Anderson is beat the dog shit. Oh, this. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I remember that fight too, and I I hated Anderson for it because he was just standing there, arms down. Oh, I, yeah. I hated it and loved it all at the same time. I was like, man. And he would, like, eat him a little bit. Then he would, like, try to hit him. You know what I mean? I was like, man, this is like when you are messing around with your three-year-old trying to teach him how to fight. Like, just... He must have hit him perfectly on that ear because he crumpled. He just crumpled. Oh, just deaded him. It wasn't even competitive. He wasn't the same forest after that either. No, he was not. Man. <laughs> Actually, I would I would argue to say he wasn't the same Forrest Griffin after Rashad Evans when Rashad was just smacking him. And he's tapping. He was yeah. tapping, losing his title, tapping. Because yeah. Rashad was just smashing his head. I'm just like, oh, gosh. Rashad had, Rashad had everything for him in that fight. Yeah, yeah. Okay, big week, football week. Mm. Thursday, kickoff. Kansas Those City, games. Houston. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I want this so bad. You know what it feels like to me? It feels like uh, Christmas, and I think I figured out where my parents have hid my presents. And I'm trying to decide if I want to ruin it by looking in the closet or if I want to wait for Christmas because I'm so just like in knots about if it's going to go off or not. What the season? Like I love. I love that we've had all the other sports. Like, that's yeah. been great. Yeah. 
I don't care as much as I care about the NFL playing. I just want the NFL to go off. I don't want to – I can't have the – I'm going to be so disappointed if it stops. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, like right now we're seeing all the kind of difficulties with Major League Baseball with coronaviruses. But they haven't said anything about jagging in the season at all. So – Yeah, it's – well, I mean, they're going to – yeah, they're going to make a bunch of games, and I don't know if that's feasible in the NFL, right, if you have to cancel a game. Um they have to make it up quickly like they're going to do in baseball, right? Like we saw like seven inning games yesterday, right? Doubleheaders with seven innings and yeah. you know, all this. You, you can't do that in football. What I hadn't thought about till this morning, mm-hmm. um, as I was thinking about what we would talk about football today, is, you know, with baseball, I've always kind of felt like it, the travel has been the difference of the, of the sport, right? Oh, of course. And the NBA and even and even UFC, right? Like, it's the control. Yeah. What I didn't appreciate until this morning when I was thinking about this logistically is you're going to have teams fly in the night before mm. to a controlled environment. Right. Go to the stadium in a controlled environment. Leave and go back to their own little bubble. And the home team is going to be in that bubble the entire time. And so I feel like now, after maybe sitting with that for, you know, and I haven't fully thought through it, so there's probably holes in that plan. But baseball is when you're on the road for a three- or four-game series, you're in a hotel in a strange city, you're bored as shit. Yeah. You're going to go places. I feel like that's the – I think that's the the change, right? I think in football, we've seen it be so regimented. Mm Mm-hmm. Like even in spring training, we saw positive tests for baseball. It was right. a different, it's a different animal, I think, for baseball than it is for football. Absolutely, which Absolutely. gives me a little bit of hope. Yeah, because here's here's the thing, right? Is that um, okay? So already, right before the NFL season kicked off, we heard of all these false positives or people that didn't have COVID and all that all that stuff, right? Um, and they're already doing controlled environments for uh, OTAs, for practices, for mm-hmm. um, looking at film. Like you can't have everybody in there looking at film. So if people are individually looking at film or X amount of people, right? Baseball, the big difference between baseball and football, okay, is baseball is 60 games that they're playing. So that means you're playing a series and you're flying then to the next one and, and playing that series you're playing one game for that week in football. So mm-hmm. what's to say that you do travel and you travel together and it's close knit and you stay in that bubble, like you said, you know, and you do everything in that bubble. The big, the only time really that you're going to be sort of like in sort of any sort of harm's way would be the travel, but that's just one day. The rest of the time you're going to be in that controlled environment. Yeah. And it's so private now. Like, you know, you don't see those guys walking through the airport. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're walking off the bus, getting on or off the plane, getting on a bus, vice versa. And so I think like thinking through the exposure that NFL has versus Major League Baseball, I don't feel like it's as necessary. I think it's why, you know, you look at the NHL and the NBA, why they went to the bubble format is because of all the travel. Absolutely. The exposure, right? And I think with baseball, you're seeing the exposure and kind of seeing what happens. And it's a little bit – it hasn't been as disruptive even canceling the – they haven't been can- – I mean, every, it seems like once a week you'll see a series get canceled. Right. But not a big – you're not seeing multiple series get canceled across the game. You're just no. seeing one series get canceled. 
And I think with with football, I feel a little more confident in it now this morning, just after kind of because I haven't, to be honest, I haven't allowed myself to think much about it because. Uh, well, I know originally I just don't want to get let down, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you don't think about it, right? <laughs> like an ostrich. <laughs> yes, like well, listen, I'll pull, up, pop out when it's time for it, and I'll just enjoy it. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, with that in mind. Let's talk, you know, your team is the Bills. Well, I, I okay. So, I, I mean, I'm, you're a Seattle fan also, right? But like, honorary Seattle fan. In my heart of hearts. Yeah. In my heart of hearts, it's the Bills. It's always yeah. going to be the Bills to start. Um, then, because I'm married to Joanna and I have lots of family there, and they're also, you know, the lovable losers, the Cleveland Browns are up there as well, you know, because. But listen, though, are you a fan or is it more of a pity thing? It's more of a pity thing, but. Because if they were, like, let's say they were from New England and they were Patriots fans, like, how much of a fan would you be of your family's sports team if they were Patriots fans? Yeah, well, I don't think I could ever be a Patriot fan, ever. Yeah, that's, that's just my point. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, for me, it always comes down to fandom. I like, I love all these different teams. I I generally root for players and coaches, um, you know, more than teams because I have my my team. Right, like this is my team. But like when you stack them up, like the who's who of like the second through down is always like I always look at matchups. I'm like, all right, well, you know, like in your case, if Buffalo is playing Seattle, it's Buffalo. That's how you know that's your favorite team. Yeah, if I mean, if Buffalo and Cleveland are playing. Who are you rooting for? Oh, Buffalo. Easy, right? Like yeah, that's, yeah. That's how I, I got, stack those I'm, things. I'm going to – yeah, I'm going to root for Buffalo because I want Buffalo to make the postseason. I want Cleveland to make the postseason. It's been so yeah, long. Yeah, listen, we all do. It's a great story. We all do. No one likes a long-time loser, right? No one does. Um, Seattle, they're just – Seattle's just a good team. So Yeah. yeah. Well, they're just fun to watch, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you came in at the prime time of your Seahawks fandom. <laughs> you didn't have to go through the 1992 year and the 80s. It looks like you're still scarred. <laughs> it's why I can only mildly enjoy this now. It's why I'm not as upset about the Super Bowl last. Like, I knew that was coming. I, I, spill it, my, I, was I almost spilled my beer out of my mouth there. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so with all those being said, yeah, AFC East mm-hmm. felt wide open. It did. It did. You have to bet on – if you're a Patriots fan, you have to bet on a healthy Cam Newton. One. You do. You do. Two, you have to bet on Josh McDaniels' system that fits him, which for me feels like it, man, if Josh McDaniels can get something out of Tim Tebow – he can definitely get some out of Cam Newton. Yeah. Which is terrifying for the AFC. Yeah. If you have a healthy oh. Cam Newton, it's – so listen, New England is still a threat. So I thought it was a wide open – As long as, as, long as they have Billy, they're going to be a threat. Yeah. So I thought it was a wide open. Uh, it was. Uh, and then Cam Newton came, and I'm like – Billy came. <laughs> so what what is your prediction for your buffalo bills what's the season uh record i still say we take the division i still say the bills take the division i say they're gonna be 
eleven and five, and you're probably looking at a ten and six uh, uh, New England team. Now, having said that, I don't see. I don't see. I'm sorry, Dolphins fans. I don't see them doing too hot. I don't see uh, the Jets doing super hot. I don't know. Uh, I might be completely. For your sake that the Dolphins are competitive and can at least steal a game from the Patriots. Well, you always know that they show up against the Patriots. I mean, so for some strange reason, the Dolphins always seem to steal a game Especially from the Patriots. Especially now, though, right, with Brian Flores being in there. You know, Brian Flores being the Belichick proje and really one of the only ones <clears throat> to defeat Bill Belichick. You got to help. They hope they steal a game from yeah, these. I think absolutely. The, the Jets or whatever the Jets are like. That's just you know unfortunate. I think uh, you know it's a, it's a mismatch of uh, offensive talent. You know, Le'Veon Bell being there is not great for them. Uh, he's just not an Adam Gase guy. He's not doing Sam Darnold any favors. No, um, you know they're just kind of. Uh, I'm very grateful to them for the Jamal Adams trade. Like, <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. I felt like that boosted my Seahawks from, you know, maybe a 10 and 6 season to a 12 and 4 season. So I think I think the Seahawks are taking uh that division over there too. I mean, yeah, yeah San Fran is still good, but I think that people are starting to look at the uh playbook of San Fran. San Fran's not well, going to be a joke. They're still going to be in there. Uh I just don't count, see them winning the division. Count, yeah, you can't count out a Shanahan team. You just can't. No, you can't no, you can't. With, you can't do it with Daddy Shanahan, you can't do it with yeah. Mike. With, uh, yeah. What's his name? Old punchable Shanahan. Kyle. Yeah. But you're Kyle. still dealing with uh the quarterback there. Uh good looking dude. Uh well, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo there. I mean, you know, like uh he's a he is a good quarterback, but yes. now you've got a whole got, and they've got the weapons, they've got a line, their they defense do. is stellar. They do, do. secondary is a little bit iffy, it's whatever. Yeah. Arizona is going to be difficult, right? I mean, you bring in Hopkins and Fitzgerald on the field. Like, yeah, but Seattle looks legit out there as well, though. I mean, you know, yeah. you have a – you have a, well, you have the, the young receiving core right now, and who knows what Metcalf's going to be able to do this season, the follow-up yeah. last season. Your defense got a lot better. Um, yeah. And you back. know that Russell is going to show up no matter what. Yeah. So to well, me – It feels like for the first time in a long time going in, the line is pretty set. There's not a lot of jockeying, right? Where yeah, because the there's been some seasons. Very solid. Yeah, the yeah. running game is very solid. I'm really happy with the tight end room. Like, that's great. The thing for me to watch early for Seattle is this Josh Gordon move. That's interesting, eh? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you do in a world as a defense if you put a Greg Olson or a Disley on the end on the TN spot, then you run out Josh Gordon, DK Metcalf, and Lockett, and you have Chris Carson uh, in the backfield with Russell Wilson running that offense. I don't know what you do. That's what I'm saying. I mean, to me, I see Seattle winning that division. And I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be showing my bias there, yeah. but I do. But, but I also see. I also see Cleveland not winning the division with Baltimore. I think Baltimore winning the division, but I see Cleveland making the postseason. Yeah, I think so, especially in the AFC, right? I think that you know this year is a little bit of a down year for the AFC. I think across yeah. the board, I think that there's definitely like the top cream, right? You're talking about the Kansas Cities and the Baltimores, um, you know, and then you look at the rest of the world, and you know, we don't know what Pittsburgh's going to be. We don't know what Houston's going to be with that revamped kind of look they have. Yeah, you know it's hard, right? The Colts, the Colts are what the Colts. What are the Colts? I'm not comfortable to say I know what the Colts are, 
Um, we really don't. We, <laughs> we really all, don't. That's what I mean. You know, the Titans, like you hope yeah. the Titans are – the Titans are a fun I story. think that – see, the Titans, they have that good coaching staff there as well, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. You, that's what I'm saying. You hope that that story continues, but are you sold on it? No, I, no. I, I'm not sold I, on that. I think it was a one-off, but, I mean, Cleveland now, you have Stefanski walking in there yeah. and and – I think that that's a better that's a better upgrade, anyways, to what they it had. Is. Look at what Stavansky was able to do with Kirk Cousins, right? And you, he had an elite receiving group in Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Yep. And what are you walking into here? Yes. An elite, an elite yes. receiving group. Yes. I mean, same line. And you got Nick Chubb, right? And you've got um, Kareem Hunt. You Kareem know, Hunt. Talking about a one-two bang of a running back group. It's Baker just the old line. Gonna be, Baker Mayfield, if he has talent and time, he can get there. The problem with Baker is mentally, yeah. right? Yeah. If Baker starts getting banged around mentally, he's rough. But then you look at what that defense has been able to do in Cleveland, and they've pressed it forward. Absolutely. I think and, they finished second in that division, right? I think they're in front here. of Pittsburgh, and they're definitely in front of uh, the Bengals. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and you know what? Like, that's interesting Burrow, as well. Unless Joe Burrow comes out. But. Well, Joe Burrow had that – you know, monster season in college. Uh, you're now about to play amongst men, and I don't think he's not going to not have a good season. But I yeah. just don't see Cincinnati well, at that level. Blinders, right? I mean, he's got Joe Mixon as a good running back. You know, if AJ Green's healthy, like they've got some decent weapons on offense. They do. Defense, I think, is fun. I just, I don't know if they have enough juice. Yeah, you know, they're, you know, they are who they are. You know, then you look across the table at the NFC, a lot of interesting moves happening there. You see, you know, some of the old guard, Adrian Peterson going his way uh, this week. Kind of a surprise move. Uh, Clinton Dix getting cut from the Cowboys. Yeah. The More of that story there has to be. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they said no, still no interest in Earl Thomas. Um, you know, because everyone kind of clued in Earl to the Cowboys, and they're saying now uh, we're not. Yeah, but you saw what Earl Thomas did when he was leaving the field there in Seattle and just gave it the old middle finger, right? So there's something going on, you know, with Earl Thomas. If you can't play for Jim Harbaugh, yeah, John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh. I always get the Harbaugh buzz. Yeah, I like like Baltimore Harbaugh. I do not like Michigan Harbaugh. Okay, every one of those is one of those has a more punchable face than the other one. But if you can't play there, right? If you are arguably one of, let's just say Earl's even slipped a little bit and he's one of the top 10 safeties in the game. Yeah. Which easily he is. He's probably a top five safety still. Yeah. If you can't make it out of camp because you got a fight with one of your teammates for a Harbaugh, if Pete Carroll doesn't have any interest in you anymore, because Pete Carroll's famous for reclamation progress, right? Yeah. Like Pete Carroll wants nothing to do with you. You have these two well respected coaches. And GMs that are just want to move on from you. Watch New England. Oh, God, I don't say that. <laughs> I know, but you know, Bill Belichick is the same way. I'll, I'll take him. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> I'll take him. <laughs> is there a more like irritating team than a team with Cam Newton and Earl Thomas on it? <laughs> no. Yeah. You know what? That would be. Uh, and then the thing is that they will rub it in your face too every time they beat you. God, yeah, they just <laughs> like, oh, okay, interesting. You were talking about Dallas because to me, Dallas 
<laughs> I'm sorry, Dallas fans, but you guys are the Toronto Maple Leafs of professional football, okay? Does that mean you're going to start rooting for them? No, of course not. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that, uh, of course not. I'm just saying, though, that, you know, they, every time, if you hear any Cowboys fan, they're just like a Leafs fan, you know, this is their year, we're going to win the Super Bowl, we're going to win the Super Bowl, you know? You're not Thanks winning it. <laughs> you're not, you're not winning years. it. You're not winning it this year. That team is not good enough. You have a good team, but not good enough. Not Maybe. Good enough. Maybe. You know, I don't know. Philadelphia is going to be good this year. Uh, the G-men are not going to be the same. And especially, do you think after the way uh, the offensive coordinator there was treated, uh, when he was in Dallas's old head coach? Yeah, Jason Garrett. Jason yeah. Garrett. Yeah. Do you think he's not coming back for a little revenge after that? Jason oh. Garrett has to love Daniel Jones and the weapons that he has in that offense. Absolutely. Has to. Absolutely. Giants are going to be a different beast this year. Yep. Philadelphia is going to come out with a, a vengeance. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say about Dallas, but I don't know. <laughs> I'll say this. They won't be last place in the division, but they might be third. Yeah. Yeah. Now, New Orleans. Yeah. Carolina. <laughs> Carolina's not uh, – well, I wouldn't necessarily worry about Carolina uh, in the same way I wouldn't worry about Atlanta. I think that they'll both be competitive teams, I think, but they won't be bottom feeders by any stretch. Yeah. Um, but that division of New Orleans and Tampa, like, those are the also ranked. That might be the most competitive division in football. I have to agree with you. The NFC West, I think, is very competitive, right, between the Rams and, you know, who the Cardinals aspire to be, who they saw flashes of last year, mm-hmm. uh, who we know San Francisco to be, and then, you know, with Seattle in there, that, that's a very competitive division. The NFC East or South is also the move. Um, you know, Leonard Fournette, uh, all the off-field distractions, right, I think that you can draw lines together that say he's not a great teammate. Right. I think he's not a great teammate when he's losing. Yeah. I think that Tom Brady fixes that. I think that, that you know, the Tampa Bay offense is elite. I think their defense can do enough. Um, and I think that you go to New Orleans. What I'm fascinated to watch about New Orleans, New Orleans defense is is good. Yes, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're top tier. The offense is otherworldly. You have two things that I want to watch for the New Orleans offense. One is – how Kamara is going to play knowing that he has a contract coming. Right. Right. And maybe feeling a little bit slighted by playing on the deal. Maybe they get it done before the season starts. Maybe they don't. It's did Drew Brees do enough to win back his teammates? You mean after the, uh, the comments there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, publicly they'll all say he has, right? Mm Hmm. What I wanted us to watch is if really he has. Yeah. Because that they'll go the way he goes, right? Yeah. We all know that. And if they're not 100% on, on Drew, I think we'll see it early. I, You know what? I can't speak one way or the other because I'm not in the locker room, but you're, you're absolutely right. I think you will see it. You will, you will see it on the field if yeah. they have or they haven't because they're going to win with him or they're going to lose with him, right? I mean, it's just the way it is. I haven't, and you know what? I haven't even put this through my head. I'm not, I haven't even processed this, but you get to see Drew Brees 
and Tom Brady go after each other twice this year. So yeah, I didn't even process it. I haven't been able to process a lot of things about this football season because I didn't wasn't entirely sure it was going to go off, and I just didn't want to be disappointed. But now that we're here on the cusp of it, Mm -hmm. man. (laughs) And you know, it's going to take one week, one week, two. By the time week three rolls around, we're already picking champions. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting not having any preseason games. You know, not being able to – like I think yeah. the first couple weeks will be a little bit – Yeah. We'll see some fast starts. It's going to be a different year for sure. You know, some mm-hmm. teams – like the teams that don't, didn't have a lot of movement and had to bring back a lot of the same core guys, same coaching staff. I think you'll see those guys hit the ground running, right? Yeah. Uh, you might see a little bit of a dip as the year goes if they have some injuries or just, you know – I think we'll see some sloppiness because of tiredness from, you know, from just not having any game reps and that kind of stuff. But um, man, I, maybe it's, maybe it's the Corona talking. Like, I don't know that we've ever been more anticipated football season. No, it's, I think every it's, football season yeah. is big. Right. But this feels like the savior for me. Like this feels like <laughs> this, this is going to take us like, through to February brother. So, I mean, yeah, I this mean, it feels like to me uh, early in the, this whole pandemic, we felt like, you know, we didn't know where the end was, but early on we kind of thought it was going to be like a couple of months. Remember that whole like three to – Flatten the curve, three, flatten the curve. Whatever, yeah. Whatever that was. yeah. And then Tiger King hit, and we're all like, Tiger King saved us all from the pandemic. <laughs> I forgot about Tiger King, but you're right. Doubling yeah. down on the NFL <laughs> being that for me for the pandemic. I feel, you know what I mean? Like I don't know how it's going to go. I don't <sighs> care. I'm going to go like whatever your thoughts are on the pandemic – Whatever it is, I really don't care because football's here. Yeah, I don't care anymore. Like that's you know my life is giving me back to normal because football's on and man. But heaven forbid if football stops, Brad's gonna become you need to green and monstrous. Somebody come knock on my door and see how I'm doing. Like it's not, it's not gonna go well. (laughs) All right, I told you before I watched the entire season. I know, I know. And you know what? I, I let you say that. I let you say that. And then I'm just sitting there and processing it after the fact because I'm just like, he watched every single game of that season. And he saw it twice. And then I watched it on Red Zone. Like I, like when Corey was talking, I wanted to be like, I was going to hug through the screen. I was like, brother, I get you watching games, man. I get it because I did it. I'm just one of those people. I mean, if it was a classic classic, then I'll watch it. But I can't watch the whole season again. But Listen, I knew I had a problem. I don't want my friends with this. Uh, oh, maybe I have the problem. Maybe I'm just not a big enough sports fan. I don't this know. Is, this, is when I knew, this is when I knew I had a problem. Is when I Googled the top 10 NFL games of 2017. I knew that something was wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> We're wired a different way, though, Brad. We yeah, are. I, listen, yeah. I watched them all. It's fun. It's beautiful. Man. It's beautiful. All right, little one-on-one here. Yeah, let's get okay. there. Okay. All right. So, my question to you, Brad. Very simplistic, and uh, just give it to me, okay? Yeah. Three top wrestling factions of all time. And I hate factions. Ah. <laughs> That might be your answer then. I don't know. It's my answer. <laughs> I could never get into it. I always felt like they were always better, like one on one and like these like sly on the on the low team ups. Like I just felt, <laughs> or 
I felt like that was, I, I don't know, maybe that's just my thing. Like, I've always, it was like, uh, when it was like Undertaker versus everybody, I was into that. Uh, when it was Stone Cold versus everybody, I was into that. When the See, Rock made his turn. Even Undertaker was part of a faction there with the brothers. Of I know, but then he rolled, right? But then he rolled and he was on his own and he was like, nah, <laughs> you guys, like, I'm out. I'm <laughs> and he had, like, everyone gunning for him. I think that's what I like. I like the outlaw guy where he's against everybody. Like, I just... I feel like so you must have that, must have loved Sting then at WCW then. Yes. <laughs> that's why I think like my favorite thing that you've ever told me is the craziest thing you've ever told me. And like it's that's why I root for you because you felt like fighting a bunch of dudes <laughs> like one on a bunch was a fair thing to me. Like that but I, like for me that just speaks to my soul where I'm like, yeah, like why do you need to have friends back you up? Oh, you do. I found out that night, though. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> but listen, but here's the thing, though, about that night. Is you told me this. You told me this. Uh, you said, if I hadn't stepped off that curb wrong, it would have gone a different way. <laughs> it's a possibility, you know. Uh, it's a possibility. Yes. Yeah. But that's the thing, uh, man. Like, that's the thing. It's... it's Listen, listen. Come September 26th, we have my boy... Uh, Stan Pederick coming on. Yeah, he was also the man that taught me uh, Krav Maga. Um, he's considered the fourth toughest man in the world according to Black Belt Magazine, April two thousand and six. Yeah. Uh, world champion kickboxer has trained world champions, including Donnie Lalonde. He's coming on. Anyways, though, uh, yeah, not we're not we're having a great conversation with Stan. We we have some questions. We want to have some conversations. <laughs> listen uh, though he he taught me a couple of things there so i mean yeah but i slipped off of there i could help 26 year old you or however yeah, you were. yeah probably could have like maybe run run the other way is what stay with us how would you run the other way <laughs> yeah and then we wouldn't oh, be here oh my god then we wouldn't be here uh, um yeah yeah, all all those things. I, you know, my my one on one question is is very similar. Um, but it's kind of it's who's your favorite oldest superstar? Like this is my favorite oldest superstar. Oh, I love it. Woo! <laughs> that's my guy, right? I mean, it's, I feel like it's a lot of people's guy, but like for real, like that's yeah. my guy. Like who who is yours? Who's your guy? Where you still? I know how you feel about Jake the Snake, right? Is it, you I, know, I love Jake. Uh, is it, I love. Who's uh, your guy? Where you still will defend? You know, like a sad thing for me was watching the Ric Flair documentary, the Thirty for Thirty, and yeah. seeing that's that was sad for me. Um, but I still just you know always want to root for the guy. If you need to know, I've always had a soft spot for the old yellow and red. Okay, always had a soft spot for Hulkamania. Okay. You're a terrible wrestler, but I always had a soft spot there, okay? And like I said, that was also the greatest heel yeah. as far as I'm concerned. He was the greatest face and the greatest heel, um, you know? And, and, and to I me, I know you're biased, but yeah, he's a great one. Dude, come on. When he turned heel, just smacking around Randy Savage there with the rest of them, it's like, come on. <laughs> NWO, when that started, come yeah. on. <laughs> I can't disagree with you. You know I feel all factions. So. Well, I mean, I love I love the NWO. Okay, uh, well, they, yeah. they changed it. They changed the way that wrestling looked, uh, yeah. and then it went crazy. 
<laughs> it went out of control. <laughs> yeah, little, it went far. It's only the Hulk. I just like I love Prime Hulk. I think that's great. I just I can't I can't mess around with dyed hair Hulk or uh, dyed hair Hulk know, was like the, fun to watch, man. <laughs> the most recent, the most recent version of Hulk. Well, it's sad to which, see Hulk uh, now. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, home video Hulk is tough. <laughs> <laughs> you went there. Oh, you went there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, this is too much fun, man. (laughs) Was it, man? It's as fun as like the last couple weeks have been for doing this. Like, I'm so excited for football season, I can't even like comprehend it or even articulate it well. So, Folks, tune in. It's going to get even better. We're just kind of just not even – we're just kind of filling this whole thing out. We're not even hitting our stride yet. So follow us, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, guys.beard.sports. DM us, holler at us. Let us know if you want something to talk about, you want to see a guest on, you want to bring some stuff back, you know, uh, let us know. Happy to do it. We'll even – and I'll tell you, if we get a couple of, a couple of questions, we'll even have like a fan question thing. We'll bring you on, whatever. Absolutely. Uh, I think as NFL kicks off – Look for more lives from us, uh, some more just interactions, those things, just as we kind of get comfortable in our group. So thanks for rocking with us. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Have a great day, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. You've listened to the podcast, but now it's time to visit us in our virtual sports bar. Like us on Facebook at Guys Beer Sports Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel at guys.beer.sports. When you do this, watch for live conversations with Brad and Sean that happen throughout the week, where you can join in with your favorite local beer. You can share your thoughts in the conversation comments with your own uploaded videos or as a guest live commentator. The GBS Virtual Sports Bar is open for business. Come on in, boys and girls.